Let's just read together 2 Samuel chapter 18. If you'll look at verses 15 through 18, we're just going to read these verses together. And let's stand. This is the story of Absalom. 2 Samuel 18, verse 15 through 18. Verse 15, and ten young men. 2 Samuel 18. Verse 15, And ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed him about and smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him, and all Israel fled, every one to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar which is in the king's dell. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day Absalom's place. So we're speaking of Absalom's place this morning. Father, I pray that thou wouldst bless the message as I try to convey and transfer thoughts and truth uh, to the people. We ask that thy spirit would be upon us, that you'd bless in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you. So when you study the Bible, one of the great traits or characteristics, it's all through being around a man of God, a prophet, one of the apostles, one of the big effects is family fidelity is fostered. And it says in, in Malachi 4.6, one of the last verses of the Old Testament, it says when Elijah returns, this is what it says, He shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with the curse. So we see that in God's mind, when families are in disarray and out of order, a curse could easily follow because we're not under God's chain of command and God's order of things. And within, so there's a return to family. When Elijah returns, he's coming back, by the way. He's one of the two witnesses of Revelation 11. When he returns... One of his ministries is to turn the father's hearts back to their children and the children back to their father's hearts. This is right before Jesus will return to earth for the second advent. You know, I think about this. Our hearts turn to a lot of different things. Our, our hearts are directed towards certain things in life. And we get pulled that way. And we face that way. And a lot of times in doing so, we've turned away from that which we shouldn't. And a lot of times, our own children, our own fathers, our own family. You know the story, or the, I've heard this mentioned many times. You know, we had, a, we had a good talk. We had a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Might have started out kind of rough. Uh, started a little awkward. A little bit abrasive, there was some friction, but we really talked it out and we talked heart to heart. What happened? 
your hearts turned toward one another and you saw each other properly and you discussed the situation and you said, we realized some things. We understood some things. We talked it out. And they'll say something like this, I'm glad that we had that talk. You know, the, the life is so short and we are to live at peace with all men if possible, the Bible says, especially our family. Of all men in our text, David, King David, the great one. You know, he had many sons, many. He probably struggled giving all of them the attention that they should have had. But out of those sons, one of them really stuck out and stood out. His name was Absalom. Absalom meant the father of peace. And sadly, we're talking about this yesterday. He did not live up to his name at all. He was not the father of peace. He was not the son of peace either. He was uh, trouble his whole life. Living up to that, he was uh, contrary to his very name. But one thing about Absalom, out of all the sons of David, it looked like he had everything going for him. I mean, this, this one had it all. He would have been voted most likely to succeed. He would have been the one voted... I forget what they're all called. Best looking? Do they have that category? You know, he was the... It's hard to imagine. Did another man like this ever exist on the face of the earth? It says Absalom was so handsome. He was non-blemished from head to his toe, not one blemish on his body. And his hair was so thick and so full that it just, it, it just grew. And it, when, he, when they would cut his hair, he only cut his hair once a year. I mean, it came out in weights. His hair was so thick and full and flowing. His complexion was perfect. And his muscles. And so this man had everything going for him physically. And he probably had a sense of humor on top of that. You know, I never understood women will take a man because he's funny. Oh, he has such a good sense of humor, though. You know, he's an ugly fella. But he's <laughs> like me. That's, ask her. I wonder that all the time. Oh, but he's so funny. He says funny things and makes me laugh. I think, yeah, well, hope he'll make you laugh for the rest of your life. But here's the thing with Absalom. He had, he had everything going for him, and pride swelled up in his heart. Ad, uh, Absalom made some very bad decisions in life. Very bad. And young, by the way. He hurt family deeply. The whole family rocked because of him. He hurt his father to the bone, to the very heart. And because he caused some of this division, separation took place between father and son. There was a rift there. And their hearts were not toward each other. Their hearts were directed opposite ways. And then coupled with that, David made some clear mistakes in parenting. He did, as we all do. He failed in leadership. He failed in restoration when he should have tried. He failed to reconcile. And most of his son's life was spent away from his father, 
And David allowed sins and mistakes of youth to keep him and his son Absalom apart. Absalom became more rebellious. More against the family. Years went by. Bitterness set in. David had opportunities to remedy, but he did not go after them. He never tried. And then the unthinkable happened. Absalom conspired against his own father to steal the kingdom and become a king and have his dad killed. He raised an army to go after his own flesh and blood father and he even stole some of David's best men to follow him to go after and attack his dad. And the Bible says that they met on Mount Ephraim and the battle of Mount Ephraim took place and God blessed David's men and Absalom because his conspiracy was very strong, but it was cursed. It was not of God. He suffered a horrible death during this battle. A horrible death. You know what happened to him? You know the story. He was riding a mule. mule. And he, you heard the term stubborn old mule? That old mule of sin, he was riding, was keeping him from God. Keeping, I mean, and he was directed at getting his way. He went into an oak. I saw some of these yesterday, and I thought about this. Those low-hanging oaks with, the, you know, just a lot of sticky branches hanging down. And, you know, that head of hair finally got the best of him. Because it says his hair took hold of the oak. And he got tangled up as he was riding under. I was about to say driving. And he couldn't jerk loose. He had so much hair that the hair pulled him up off the horse. And he hung by his head in the oak tree. Hanging between heaven and earth out of an old oak tree. And the enemy, Joab went and had him killed and he died this tragic death. Well, David, he wouldn't rejoice over his son dying. He was distraught over it. He mourned greatly. He wailed as he wept because their hearts were never turned one to another. And even made the statement, would God I would have died for thee. Absalom, I would have died for you. And we'll say those statements, but why won't we go make it right then? You know, if, if you would die for your child, do what you can while you can to restore. But now it's too late. Absalom is gone and regret is set in. And it's such a sad, sad situation. You know, you think about this. What a horrible death of a potentially great life and it'll never be lived because of Rebellion and family disunity took place and it was all lost. Let me say something. David is an example to us of, of many things. We can learn how to be great through David. He knew how to love God. He knew how to get God to love him. He, he knew how to get capture the heart of God. He knew how to pray greater than any man. We learn how to pray from reading David's writings of the book of Psalms. But he really struggled in childbearing and raising. He really did. I don't know if it was because there were just too many kids. I don't know if there was just too much pulling on him as being king of a great nation at that time. I mean a great nation. 
They, they won many wars and expanded the kingdom. His army was over a million strong. I don't know, he's too busy. He just sidetracked. He might have seemed as a failure. Blamed could be placed on him. I think we could all find some type of blame in ourselves if, you, if you're allowed to dwell on it too much. But one thing's for sure we know here. Absalom was a rebellious son. Absalom was a rebel from the day he was born. He never repented of his rebellion. He was stubborn. He was very ambitious. And he chose to live without accepting and studying the consequences of what would happen for his... He never counted the cost. So, he didn't care if he hurt his family. You know, some kids, they don't. He didn't care that he hurt his family. He didn't care that he was treacherous against his own father. No family loyalty there. No fear of God. He committed some sins worthy of death. And he ultimately died. So this tragic story is to behoove us and to motivate us to maintain healthy relationships. If you can. To repair damaged relationships, if it's possible. To see the big picture. You know, and I know this might be a little harsh, but you don't wait till the end and look at what could have been if you didn't try to make the could have been possible. Now why do I say this? Because in Jerusalem, right now, it's still there. In Jerusalem, in the Valley of Kidron, called it the Kingsdale, we just read it. It's on the southeast side of Jerusalem, off the old city. Right off the Golden Gate, the Eastern Gate, where Jesus is going to go through when He returns. It's right down below, down in the valley, up against the... the uh, it's, it's actually part of the Mount of Olives. There's a dugout where they hewed into the rock. And there's a pillar there. And it's called Absalom's Pillar. Absalom's Place. It's a big thing. It's actually, it's meant to be a tomb. It's a huge stone rock pillar with the conical shaped top. Very iconic. You've seen it probably in pictures and didn't realize what it was. It's really big. It's right off the highway. It's still there today. Now we don't know for sure that's truly Absalom's pillar or not. But we did read in the story that Absalom said, I have no son. He couldn't have sons. He had daughters. He said, I need to make a name for myself. For when I'm gone. And he built this big pillar. And then it's magnificent. It really is. It's everybody, I bet you've seen it. Everybody that goes to Israel stops by and sees it. It's so iconic. Absalom's pillar. Now what's interesting. And now it is an attraction for both Jewish and Christian Tourists, let me say something about this. It's a custom and a tradition for every Jewish father, an Israelite father, to make the trek at a certain age he brings his son and takes him to Absalom's pillar and shows him the place and says and tells the story of Absalom and teaches his children family fidelity. It happens with every Jew 
that lives in Israel. Actually, some from other countries try to get over there to do this, to teach their children about Absalom's pillar. Tells their families the story of Absalom. And the one who could have had it all lost everything. He's a vivid, solemn warning to all children. So fathers take their time to go there. They make it an outing. They, make, they go on purpose. And so it's here that they try to instill family unity and fidelity. They try to show the end of selfish living and presumptuous behavior. What it turns into, you know what it does? They teach the curse of betrayal. When you betray your own. The vitality of fearing God and honoring your parents and what it ought to bring and to show the tragic ending of those that don't. To show their children. This is what happens when you do it your way instead of God's. When you choose to go your own way and the tangled hair, which is pride by the way, the tangled hair of Absalom getting caught up in that proud oak tree. Both of them resemble pride. And the mule of sin just keeps walking on and leaves you hanging behind. The mule walked on. That's what the end is. It may not happen early in life. It may happen later. But it's sure to happen because God said so. To warn their kids of Absalom's way. Why? To hope to make right any wrongs while you can. To seek to restore relationships when you can and this, to turn heart to heart. To try to get the father's heart turned to the children and the children to turn back to their father's heart because Satan does his dirty work in families by getting them to turn away from one another. And so they'll vow with their sons to be faithful to God and to each other. And they will renew the understanding of the fifth commandment to honor thy father and thy mother that it may go well with thee and that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And then the curse of not honoring your father. And you know, with every blessing, there can be an opposite curse. So this is a very special event in every man of Israel's life. You know, Jesus said, you're to remember Lot's wife, right? Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. And remember what happened to her. These are examples for us. Well, to the Jewish men, it's remember Absalom's pillar. Don't forget Absalom's pillar. Now, there's one thing about life I want to say. It's never too late. Until it's over. It's, it's, and he said it yesterday. As long as you're alive, there's hope. It's never too late to teach your families the way of truth. It's never. No matter if your children are young or old. God didn't give a, stipulation, a stipulation of age. We to remember. Absolutely. It says in Isaiah 38, 19, The father to the children shall make known thy truth. It's daddy's job to teach the children truth. And if a man will take that responsibility upon himself to do it, 
It's a, not only a duty, it's a wonderful privilege to teach your children of the way. That's Isaiah 38. Now, it's interesting to me a lot of times how, and I just want to say this, a lot of times it's, it's, uh, women will take a strong interest in their kids. I mean, they know everything. They have all the dates lined up, the appointments. They know everything. They know who. They, men don't know much. They, they take it upon themselves not to know, to know as little as possible. Now, when you have a woman who doesn't do that for their children, that's where you really got, that's called lack of natural affection. Because you can't stop a mother from being a mother. You just can't stop a mother from being a mother. But you sure men ought to be, make sure they're dead. It's important. It's very, turn to Proverbs with me, if you would. A father, you're, you brought your son into the world, you just try to teach them the way, and there's no, there, like I said, there's no age limit to this. I try to listen to my dad even now. I do. Look what it says here. This is interesting. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. We'll just read a few verses. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. Look what it says. My son. My son. Hear the instruction of thy father. And forsake not the law of thy mother. My son. For they shall be grace. Or an ornament of grace under thy head and chains about thy neck. Isn't that interesting? Look at chapter 2. Look at verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that wisdom, or what does he say? So that wisdom will be important to you. Thou wilt incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thine heart. What did he say? My son. So he gives him the whole chapter talking to his son. Look at chapter 3. My son. Forget not my law. Let thine heart keep my commandments. Why? For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Look at chapter 4. Verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son. See that? Tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. Look at verse, chapter 5. Verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom. And bow down thine ear to my understanding that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. Isn't that interesting? It just keeps going on and on. Look at chapter 6, verse 1. My son. There it is again. I'm telling you. You're my son. If thou be surety for thy friend, thou hast stricken thine hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken in the words of thy mouth. He's basically telling him, don't get caught up securing other people's loans and making do for other people's words. It just goes on and on. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. 
my son, keep my commandments and lay up thy, allow my words and lay up thy commandments with thee. And this whole chapter is about getting caught up with the wrong, strange woman. Saying it's better to listen, son. You know, I think about this all the time. I, I've known many fathers who've been loyal to their children, very loyal and loving, while their children refused to be loyal to them. I've known other, I've known children who are very loyal to their dad when their dad was not loyal to them. And he refuses to be a father. I've seen both sides turn from each other and turn to back instead of heart to heart and walk away. God forbid that be any of us. God forbid. Let the Lord do His work. Turn hearts one toward another. Let the Lord do His work. Now, I want to finish by saying this. It says that when Absalom was young, he jumped the gun. He assumed too much. He said, I don't have a child. He raised this pillar up when he was young because he's so worried about making a name. Did you know he had children after that? He did have sons. It's not over. He shut the door on himself too quickly. He really did. It's not over until it's over. And God's grace can restore. I think sometimes we presume too much. We assume too much. Rather, you know what we do? We worry too much about what we don't have instead of appreciating what we do. God gave our family to us. Right, men? Entrusted them to you. Said, I haven't done a very good job. Well, it's not over. It's not over. And like I think, I really believe consistency is the key. Just being consistent for Christ. So let me say, as we, as we finish up here, in all parts of life, take a trip over to Absalom's pillar and take a look at it and remind yourself and stir up your remembrance and try to prevent future problems and try to remain true to the truth and not be treacherous in your heart towards your own. You know, read Malachi 3. It talks about the man being treacherous to his own wife. Never works out. And then, to restore what was fallen and what we've lost. What are we trying to do? To just foster family fidelity and loyalty. And then to affirm loyalty to our God. Absalom. My son, my son Absalom. Would God I'd have died for thee. But he didn't. He didn't. Let's bow our heads. You know, today's Father's Day. It's Relationship Day. We speak of relationship. And we all have a Heavenly Father. I'd just like to ask you, is there a way, is it, is it possible to use even this day to improve relations? Is it possible to strengthen the relations that we have?
to embolden those? Is it possible to prevent future loss? Can we remember Absalom's pillar? Remember Absalom's pillar. I ask you today, what end are you on? Are you the father or are you the child? Once you take it, the initiative to turn heart to heart. and get restored. The Lord will do it. The Lord will help. The Lord will give grace. And through a very consistent lifestyle of love and direction, relations can be restored. But I'm, I'm just talking, relations can be strengthened by never forgetting this, by, by doing it now before anything happens. Preventive. I ask you today, all of us, I'm going to make, I'm going to use today to strengthen my relationships and within my family. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to use today to consider my Heavenly Father. I'm going to be loyal to Him. I'm going to take heed. So obviously, a lot of these Proverbs Samuel or Solomon learned from his dad, David. He learned. After his problems with Absalom, he raised Solomon. Will you remember Absalom's pillar today? Make a decision. Make a decision. And appreciate those that the Lord has put in your life.